When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Joe and Amber podcast. Joe Fortenbaugh, Amber Wilson. You can find him on social media at Joe Fortenbaugh. You can find me as well at Amber W Sports. We have spent most of the first hour of the show reacting to the Kyrie Irving news. If you missed anything here on Joe and Amber, check out the podcast on the ESPN app. Kyrie Irving has requested a trade from the Brooklyn Nets and things were quiet in Brooklyn for a while. Things to be seemed to be smooth sailing for a part of the season. We all knew it was too good to be true. Kyrie Irving was going to do something. We are waiting for the other shoe to drop and it has dropped after failing to negotiate terms on a long-term contract extension. Reportedly, Kyrie wants something in the neighborhood of four years, 199 million bucks. Kyrie has told the Brooklyn Nets that he wants out since they're not willing to pay him. Presumably, he wants to go somewhere that is, in fact, willing to pay him. There are reports right now that that ain't going to happen because so far around the league, it doesn't so much seem like any of these teams, Joe, are going to be willing to pay him that and also give up draft capital in return. I mean, there's something fitting about this happening the week we celebrate Groundhog Day, right? Like right. once again, here we go. The latest problem with Kyrie Irving. So what's going to be Nets next? You can understand the Nets hesitation to want to move on from him because if they move on from him, if they trade him, you're probably going to end up losing Kevin Durant in the process as well. He's not going to want to be part of some rebuild of which you don't really have a lot of picks to go out and start rebuilding. So the organization would fall off immediately, but that's what happened. You experiment, you tried, you put this thing together. It's not working. So they're inclined to want to keep them to try to make that work. It just doesn't look like it's going to. So can you get something in return or are you just going to ride this out and let him go in free agency? If you work your way through, the Lakers are the first destination everyone's suggesting. Do you think something like that could actually get done? Do you think if he goes to the Lakers, he can at least keep it together long enough that they can make a serious run this season? I don't know if I believe that anywhere. Uh, Does it matter if he teams up? Back up with LeBron James, would LeBron be able to keep him in check a little bit since they have that previous relationship? I don't know. I do want to get more into the Kyrie Irving potential trade destination in moments. But first, let's get to some of the sound from today because Jay Williams on Keyshawn, Jay Will and Max, he was actually on this just in today as well. He spoke about Kyrie's trade request being a power play. This is a power play. This is a play to, to Joe Sy by saying that, hey, my team, we made a statement a couple of weeks ago that we would like to be here long-term in Brooklyn. I see me ending my career here in Brooklyn, and if you're not willing to give me the extension that I want, then I no longer want to be here, and I'm going to force your hand. So when Brooklyn replies back and says, well, we'll wait until the end of the season and there's no rush, when your reports know if you're Kyrie, I need you to rush because I need my money now, and I need to know what my long-term contract looks like here. And if not, then I would like for you to send me to a place potentially out west so I could play with my old school partner. How about that? Kyrie Irving's on the final year of his deal. He's making $36.9 million this year. It really feels like, Joe, that when it was quiet there for those months, that it was Kyrie being on his best behavior, 
to try to get the Brooklyn Nets to pay him. Like, he's like, okay, guys, let's just ignore all these years of just complete upheaval. And I'm going to button things up here for a couple months. It'll feel like things are going the right direction and smooth sailing. And that should be enough. You guys, from that body of work, again, months, not years, you guys should go ahead and pony up 190 million bucks or more. And the Brooklyn Nets are like, nah, that what? You know, wait until the end of the season, at least. Then maybe we can have this conversation when you're a free agent and we've seen an entire season of work. Well, yeah, if you're Joe Sai, you're thinking, all right, I mean, 200 million is not going to be that much for me. But what am I getting for it? I'm not just going to throw around 200 million for no reason because since you've been in Brooklyn, you played 20 games your first season here. That resulted in a first round exit from the playoffs. You played 54 games the next season. That was a second round exit in the playoffs. Last season, you played 29 games. 29 games, and every time we heard from you, it was some sort of controversy regarding everything with home, road. COVID protocols, vaccines, and all that, fine. You're free to make your own choice. But the thing is, you want $200 million from a guy who's not getting enough out of you. And then this season, it finally looks like you're on the path where you're showing, you know what, I'm ready to buy in. But you couldn't even make it to the trade deadline. We couldn't even really get halfway through the season before another issue has reared its head. So why would I want to commit to four more years at $200 million? What am I getting for that? Am I going to get these problems every year? Right. Next year when you're upset about something, am I going to have to hear from you again? Because the next step here are these injuries. I'm sure we're going to have some back tightness and oh, some yes. hamstring issues. And it's just going to go on and on and on. You nothing. want $200 million? Yeah, but what are you getting for it? Yeah, nothing we haven't seen before. And and listen, there I doesn't seem like they're getting championships for it. They certainly haven't so far. Tristan Thompson, ESPN's NBA analyst, he was on NBA Today. He said, KD, he's next. This is not a, just a Kyrie decision. I can guarantee you right now, Kyrie definitely spoke to, you know, easy money sniper Kevin Durant and definitely had this discussion and Kevin Durant I can almost guarantee probably gave his blessing on him because you know what Kevin Durant's probably next asking out because listen Kyrie bought in he didn't want Steve Nash there in the first place he didn't think he was a good enough coach for the team bought in played well Kevin Durant gets hurt he's averaging 30 points per game playing at a high level playing like an all-star starter now he walks in like I would have told Rich Paul to do walk in there and ask for extension and if they don't want to give an extension we're out of here Interesting sound there from Tristan Thompson. I mean, it sounds like, you know, which, uh, listen, we just heard Nick Friedle on with us. If you missed that, you can check out the podcast. But Nick Friedle says that Kyrie Irving's beloved by all these players. And Thompson there almost sounded like a little defensive of Kyrie Irving, right? There in that bite where he's saying that Kyrie was all in and that Kyrie gave it his all and that he didn't want Steve Nash as the coach, even though at the time, by the way, both of those guys had at one point said that they didn't care who was the coach. And then at one point also quite literally brought in Steve Nash. That might've been more of a KD decision. We, we, we coach ourselves. Wasn't the comment something right. like that? This uh, team Kyrie had itself. one of those comments. Yeah. Like yeah. we don't need a coach to coach ourselves either way. Tristan Thompson, I guess is saying at some point Kyrie was all in and that there was circumstances beyond his control. I don't remember Kyrie Irving ever being all in like for, for two minutes with the Brooklyn Nets, but maybe you could argue for the last month. It ain't enough for me to pay him $200 million. If I'm the Brooklyn Nets, I understand the trepidation. It's 11 games. It's been 11 games since Kevin Durant got hurt. So the idea that he bought in when Durant went down and tried to carry the team, it's been 11 games. Right. You want a four-year deal. You have to show consistency year in and year out. And this is, 
I'm not going to say it's the CBA coming back to bite the players because they have more power than any player in any sport. NBA players get the absolute best deals. They get monster contracts that are fully guaranteed. And if they don't want to play, they don't even have to play. Like Kawhi Leonard Mm -hmm. can just stop playing basketball and you have to pay him. Andre Iguodala that year in Memphis, you just, you know, you had to pay him. There was nothing you could do about it. They've got more power than anyone. But now in this situation, you're starting to see how that can sting a little bit because you want that long-term guaranteed money. And these guys are now starting to think to themselves, how am I going to commit to that knowing what I know about your track record, which is not showing up for games, not wanting to play, thinking about things that are other than basketball, putting, putting yourself above the team at every single turn. But you're right. The idea that other guys around the league love him creates an opportunity. It's just a matter of whether the Nets can extract some value. I mean, he's he's what VP of the of the PA. I mean, everybody loves this guy, Irving, around the league, and so they'll want to play with him. Obviously, a wildly talented player. But Tristan Thompson just said maybe Katie's next to request a trade. Well, by the way, we've seen that before too. So we've seen this whole song and dance from both KD and Kyrie before. We just went through it last season. I guess maybe we're about to go through it again this season. Joe and Amber's presented by Progressive Insurance. Tune into NBA action tomorrow night as the Warriors host the Mavs. Presented by Indeed. Coverage begins at 8 p.m. Eastern on select ESPN radio stations. We'll see if Steph or Luca gets in the zone on Saturday. Get in the zone is brought to you by AutoZone. Get in the zone, AutoZone. Don't forget when KD requested that trade, there weren't any takers at the time for what the Nets wanted in return. And we don't know if there's going to be any takers for Kyrie, but we do know that there are trade destinations that already people are thinking about. So let's get into the rumored trade destinations for Kyrie. If somebody is willing to step up to the plate, where would it be most fun to see him go? That's next. This is Joe and Amber on ESPN radio. Joe and Amber, the podcast. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. 
Joe and Amber on ESPN Radio. Joe Fortenbaugh, Amber Wilson at Joe Fortenbaugh. That's how you find him at Amber W Sports. That's how you find me. So Kyrie Irving has requested a trade from the Brooklyn Nets. You heard it there in the rejoin, though. They don't have to do anything. So before we get into potential trade destinations, which is always fun, uh, a bunch of... uh, theories that we can put our tinfoil hat on for before we get into that like let's just talk about the possibility of him not going anywhere because Brooklyn Joe could say you know you know what off to Kyrie Irving here and just not do anything at all he is under contract for the rest of the season if I was setting odds I think that's the favorite I think the favorite is that he doesn't go anywhere first off he asked for a trade that doesn't mean he's getting a trade those are two very different things And he's done this before, and Durant's done this before. I think if you're Brooklyn, you do realize, A, if you move Irving, you're going to end up losing, or more likely than than not losing Kevin Durant, he's going to want out as well. So try to find a way to get through this season, and while you're getting through this season, start working on your contingency plan for making Durant happy in Brooklyn. Irving leaves in the offseason, fine. You don't get anything in return in terms of picks or players, whatever but you got some money freed up and you sit down with Durant and say, look, this has been a mess on all fronts, but let's move forward. Who can we go get? What can we do to make this work? Because right now, if you can't make Kevin Durant happy and find a way to move forward with him, the entire organization is going to be sunk. You're going to be back in the stone ages. Brian Windhorst, he is ESPN's NBA insider. He was on Fitz and Harry earlier. He was asked what the Nets reaction is going to be to this trade demand. Last year, they basically staked out a position that they would not trade Kevin Durant unless they were blown away with an offer, that they would not trade Kyrie Irving in a sign-and-trade unless they were very impressed with an offer. So high were their standards that they basically never advanced in talks for either player. And considering that this team, when it was together, played really well in December and that Durant is coming back here possibly before the All-Star break, I cannot see them doing anything but tripling and quadrupling down on maximizing this season. I, my initial feel here, without seeing how the league reacts to this news, is they will not grant this trade request and remind Kyrie that they will have his rights this summer and that he needs to remain a partner. Remaining a partner uh, with Kyrie Irving is probably a tall ask. That's a reality of it, Joe, because he'll probably try to stick it to them, right? He'll probably, like you said, the injuries, all the, the my back's sore, you know, it's tight. All of a sudden he's, you know, not showing up to practice or anything else because of whatever X, Y, and Z. I mean, this is how these NBA players are anyways, and certainly how Kyrie Irving has been in the past. So I wouldn't be surprised if there's an issue there. And that's probably the threat to the Brooklyn Nets from Kyrie's camp. Also, if you're the Brooklyn Nets, do you want something in return? And you're probably not going to get a ton in return. And you heard there, Wendy, just say the asking price was so high, they weren't willing to consider anything probably reasonable that obviously none of the other teams were in real discussions there with the Nets last season when we went through this. But now he's in a contract year, so he's about to be a free agent at the end of the season. Is it attractive to the Nets to try to get some, whether it's what Nick Friedel mentioned, where you will take on Ben Simmons' contract so we can get rid of that, and you don't have to actually give us anything, but you take something from us in return for getting Kyrie, or is it getting you know some picks back or some players that you feel like could be useful? I mean, typically getting something in return is better than letting him walk for nothing. Absolutely. But at the same time, don't move him just for the sake of moving him to make him happy. Sit there. Let him play out the season. Because you're right. He could start feeling back tightness, hamstring issues, 
But you do have to remember, he's still playing for that contract. And the more he wants to sink the end of the season for the Nets, not playing, causing problems, being dysfunctional, the more you're going to look around the NBA at owners who are not going to be willing to shell out a four-year, $200 million contract to appease him. Because if you're going to go out like that, what makes it seem like you're not going to do that somewhere else? So he's still going to have to play nice to some extent to at least get some team to do exactly what he wants, which is unload that contract. So, again, I think the most likely scenario is he's going to stay with the Nets. I don't think Brooklyn is going to get an offer that puts them in a spot where they want to make the deal, especially knowing what that will do in the relationship with Durant. But I'm not saying it can't happen. It's 100% out of the question. question is, what would be the best destination? Well, is it let's the Lakers? Play, yeah, well, let's play with that. For a moment, Joe and Amber's presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive Commercial Insurance can protect your small business with over 30 coverage options, an easy-to-use mobile app, personalized discounts, and more. Get a quote in as little as six minutes at ProgressiveCommercial.com. Discounts and coverage selections not available in all states or situations. So let's start with the Los Angeles Lakers. In the deal proposed by Bobby Marks on his Instagram. Sorry, I had to cough. Trying to shut off my mic. It's been like this for a while. Uh, The Lakers would get Kyrie, Joe Harris. The Nets would get Russell Westbrook, Lonnie Walker, the fourth, and a first rounder. I mean, I don't know if that's doing it for me because now you're taking on this monster Westbrook contract and what? Westbrook's back with Durant now? So that's the situation. I don't think that advances the cause of your team. I don't think the the draft pick is going to be enough to get you excited either. People are so naturally going to connect Kyrie to LeBron and the Lakers are motivated because they've got to get something going. And there's only a few years left of James in the NBA. Maximize your window. But I think Rob Palenka, the general manager, has kind of made it clear on occasion that they're not going to completely mortgage the future of their franchise, the post-LeBron James future of their franchise to try to make a deal now that might not be good enough to put them over the top. So it's the one that gets the people most excited, but I think it's also the one that's most likely not going to happen. Well, the reason people think that the Lakers are the Terry destination is because we know it seemed like LeBron was interested, right? And Kyrie was interested in going there. By the way, this is happening to me in my voice. I am convinced because I was thinking when Greeny was going through this that, you know, that's so terrible, the cough, like, because he had the coughing and the cough button. And then off air, we had a discussion and I said, there's no cough button that studio. How is there no cough button? And then the radio gods have cursed me. And now yeah. I have this cough that will not go away. And I don't actually have a cough button, I realize. Like, I can shut down my mic, but it's not like an actual cough button. So here I was talking smack about Greeny's uh, studio off air that doesn't have a cough button. I don't actually have a cough button. It's what they call karma. And to take the listeners behind the scenes, I have a unit similar to yours in terms of trying to turn down the volume. It is a button wedged in between like your microphone, your your headset plug in and your your mic plug in. And it's wedged in there. And you got to be very specific with the fingers like you're pinching and turning. Very difficult to operate. And you gave uh, you gave our board up Ben a heart attack uh, because he thought that you dropped. Yes. I'm sorry, Ben. Oh, God. I did not. I'm, I'm just, you know, over what here. What does that like, say about me? It's, it's not a solo fits. show. If she drops out for a minute, I'd like to believe I mean, we wouldn't all I, completely abandon the ship. I told ben him, had I told no confidence in you we're, being we're able fine. to carry the show. <laughs> I had all the confidence. I was just like, why is he not talking yet? Oh, you're talking well, about me? Go. All right. So yeah, I thought she was choking all over herself. I was trying I was. to see if she was going to scramble and save it, or if it was going to get going to get James, worse. James, it was interesting. Worse. James said in my ear, "Like, are you okay?" I'm like, I can't even breathe enough worried. to answer yeah, that question. Okay. So the Clippers, another possible Kyrie Irving trade destination. Clippers get Kyrie. Nets get John Wall, Terrence Mann, several other players. 
I love that one. I love that one. Steve Ballmer's got a new arena opening in 2024. He's got he's got Kawhi Leonard. He's got Paul George. He's got two guys that you already have a problem with in terms of getting them out there on a regular basis. Bring in Kyrie. See what that unit does. What's the worst that can happen? Oh, he's got well, more money than God. The worst that can happen is Kyrie goes full Kyrie, right? There's other potential destinations. The Mavs, maybe even my Miami Heat. Joe and Amber, the podcast. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Pounding cough drops, trying to get through. This is what my like tenth flu game radio show. I mean, it's getting a little much, right? Like, I need to. At this point, it's just who you are. It's not a flu game. It's just that's. It's kind of like your your persona. Well, it's becoming a thing on this radio show because, like, somehow I'm a mess. I don't know. And I've been sick for weeks, but then. Also, I still think my big toe, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I'm starting to think it's broken because I'm having a really hard time bending it from dropping from the glass jar glass of peanut butter. <laughs> yes, from dropping a glass jar of peanut butter on it. Don't make me laugh. You're going to make me cough um, from the very high shelf off in my pantry. My toe is split open. It's black. But it's, it's not it's not so good. It's not so pretty. Um, so all you um, interesting people who DM me and ask me for pictures of my feet like you. Oh, yeah. what? Um, I'm sorry. That happens? But that's, yes, that happens. This is the life of a female in the business that we work in. It doesn't yeah. happen to you. It's just a female thing. It, it does seems not like discrimination. No. I get yelled at. I, I work on daily wagers, so I can pick nine of ten games correctly, and I'll get yelled at for the tenth game. Okay. Well, that's my life. Go. So yesterday, we would actually did not have this show. We were off because of the NBA game. Uh, I'm sure you guys missed it. So you can always check out the Joe and Amber podcast on the ESPN app. And uh, yesterday, I'm, I was able to take my father out to dinner for his birthday, which was lovely, 83 years young, driving home, turning Happy birthday. Quite literally turning into my house, just bam, car accident, just wrecked into me. The 17-year-old kid. I was in my car with my three-year-old son. It wasn't great. But then Everyone my, okay? Everyone's okay. I did wake up this morning with a headache. So I did I did pop some Tylenol this morning. And now I'm sick. And now I'm here. Popping Are you accident-prone? What is going on? Are you a klutz? It's weird, right? I feel like I'm like, like living in a cartoon with like a black cloud that's just like hanging over my head as I'm it's, walking it's around. Not, it's not a black cloud. It's just, it's you. It seems like it's well, you. you like, it's not a black cloud that knocked the jar of peanut butter onto your foot. You did that. Well, you true. drove that into this car. Fault. No, I didn't drive into the car. The car drove into me. I was just, yeah, I was sure, making a left sure. turn. No, I promise. I was making yeah. a left turn. I was waiting for my opportunity to make a left. He just for all the rear-ended the heck out, out of listening. Me. It wasn't her. It was the other guy. Anyways, everybody was okay. But again, I woke up this morning, a little headache. I'm sick. See, this is me showing up, getting through Joe and Amber, another flu game radio show for me. That was my point, is I am getting through the adversity. I am like Patrick Mahomes with a high ankle sprain in an AFC championship game. That's me <laughs> on ESPN Radio. Uh, we have something that we love to do here on Joe and Amber, though, other than make fun of me for all of my bad luck. We like to try to earn you a little pizza money. Let's get to it. Pizza money alert. Pizza, pizza. 
All right, this one is tomorrow, 8.30 p.m. Eastern. We're going to the College Hardwood, Kentucky, laying three and a half against the Florida Gators. Let's play the Wildcats here. We're going to back the favorite. Florida Boo. is off a huge win against Tennessee. Oh, I completely forgot you're Boo. a Gator. I should have set this up a little bit differently. They had a huge <laughs> win this week, though. They just beat Tennessee, so now naturally there's going to be a little bit of an inflation when it comes to their price. That means it's a good spot to fade them. They are an awful three-point shooting team going up against a Kentucky team that is very good from long range. Quietly, Kentucky started slow this season. They have won five of six. This is what we call a situational play. Florida off a monster win, a little bit inflated. Now they're heading on the road to a team that's been overlooked for a little while because they started slow. Pizza money number two, Kentucky, minus three and a half over Florida. I hope we lose that one. Tune in to college <laughs> basketball action tomorrow as Iowa State hosts Kansas. Coverage begins at 1130 Eastern on select ESPN radio stations. So I've, I've had a little bit of a rough week. However... I did get some good news this week as a Miami Dolphins fan because the weirdness that is Vic Fangio and the situation with the Miami Dolphins is over. He is officially the defensive coordinator of the Miami Dolphins. Now, I thought he was the defensive coordinator of the Miami Dolphins on Sunday, Joe, and then something got really weird. And I don't know, you and I were discussing what that could be. Was he waiting for to see where Sean Payton went since he was supposed to be Sean Payton's DC wherever he went, but then he goes to Denver and that would be weird for Fangio. Was he waiting to see if the 49ers job open up that was my fear but apparently he was just waiting for some money because boy did Vic Fangio get some money from Stephen Ross reportedly according to Albert Breer he will be the highest paid DC in all of the NFL they are going to pay him more than 4.5 million dollars per year it's Whoa. you know head coaching money uh, at a coordinator position as a Dolphins fan, this excites me a lot. I'm getting a coordinator that has had a whole lot of success. I don't care about him as a head coach. I'm not hiring him to be a head coach. But that defensive coordinator resume of Fangio's from the Bears, the 49ers, and everywhere in between, I'll sign up for that, even if it costs four and a half. I mean, to throw this out there for you right now, Kevin Stefanski, the head coach of the Cleveland Browns, makes $4 million a year. Nathaniel wow. Hackett was making $4 million a year with the Denver Broncos. Mike McCarthy's making $4 million a year. Zach, wow. Taylor, who just, Zach Taylor, who just got the Bengals to back-to-back AFC championship games and the Super Bowl last year, he makes $4.5 million a year, the same amount Vic Fangio's getting. Robert Sala, the head coach of the New York Jets, $5 million. Matt LaFleur, the head coach of the Green Bay Packers, $5 million. That's so wild. That- so all I can think is that Fangio, I, now whether it was real or not, he was certainly flirting probably with the 49ers, right? Like he was flirting with these other destinations and upping his price. Supply and demand at its absolute finest. And if you're Miami, why not pay? You're 24th in the NFL in points per game allowed last season. That's not going to cut it if you want to win in the playoffs. You're 14th in the NFL in opponent yards per play. That's not going to cut it if you want to make a deep run in the playoffs. And probably the most alarming, 14 turnovers forced last season, tied for second fewest in the NFL. If you're not going to force turnovers, you're not going to win games Miami has some work to do on that side of the ball. Vic Fangio is certainly a guy that at four and a half million a year should be able to come in and take that unit and elevate him to the next level. Well, and I don't know if you have the stats in front of you for the season before, but I'd love to see how that looked because watching it as a Dolphins fan, they took a huge step back. I was considering that a pretty elite defense. 
the season before the last year under Brian Flores, obviously a defensive-minded head coach. And then for even though the coordinator stayed in place there, when McDaniel comes in, they took a significant step back in terms of all that defensive production that you just named. And the, the talent on that defense should be getting you a lot more. Like, if you're Vic Fangio, you are walking into a job that has the pieces to do it. And yet, for whatever reason, was not some of it was injuries this season in the secondary and whatnot, but a lot of it was just not producing the way that it should have been producing. So I think this is a huge get for Mike McDaniel. I think it's a huge get for a you know, first-time head coach as we enter his second season at that position to be able to bring in a veteran with that kind of coaching resume behind him and under his belt. And then also, it shows the commitment from the ownership. A lot of people, there's people out there who have been very critical of Stephen Ross over the years. One thing about Stephen Ross is he's willing to spend money, and we've seen it time and again. So to compare the numbers from two years ago under Flores to the numbers last season under McDaniel, last season they were 24th in opponent points per game. The year before, they were 15th. So that's a decent drop-off. Last year, they were 14th in opponent yards per play. Two years ago, they were 10th. Again, a slight drop-off. And then here's the key, the turnovers. So last year, they forced the second fewest amount of turnovers in the NFL. The year before that, they were tied for, I believe, eighth most forced. So they dropped off significantly under Mike McDaniel, which the offense did get a lot better, but the defense fell off. So now that's what you're going to have to go ahead and fix. And when you bring in Fangio... Granted, it didn't go well as a head coach, but he does have enough experience with championship teams and quality, capable teams making deep runs in the playoffs that Mike McDaniel can lean on somebody like that for advice, for counsel, as he continues to try to take this organization to the next level. We had Mark Schlereth stop by the show on Wednesday. If you missed that, you can check out the podcast on the ESPN app, the three-time Super Bowl champion, uh, discussed why Vic Fangio is so coveted around the league. I was sitting down with Kyle Shanahan probably week two or week five doing a San Francisco game, and Kyle Shanahan was like, hey, listen, everybody in the league right now is playing that Vic Fangio defense, and that's why scoring is down, and that's why you look at all that's going on in the league right now. Everybody has copied the Vic Fangio style of defense, which is a 3-4, but you play a lot of four-man front. You play five-man front. You play two deep safeties. You make the quarterback check the ball down, and you see if you can put 12 plays together for for a scoring drive, which is really hard to do in the NFL. So everybody's playing that style. So I know Vic Fangio is very coveted and incredibly respected as a defensive coordinator. Very coveted, very well respected. And again, I think a big get for a coach like Mike McDaniel, right? Like such a young coach, a coach that doesn't have the resume behind him as a head coach. I mean, hardly had the resume behind him, frankly, as a coordinator comes into that position. It feels like a big get for him to be able to attract Vic Fangio to work under him. Not just that. I think it says something about McDaniel and the organization that with Denver possibly open under Sean Payton, with San Francisco possibly open and on the cusp of competing and possibly finally winning a Super Bowl, that he still chose Miami. You know, guys like this that are in high demand, it might not be about every last dollar. It might be about the best chance to win. 
Sometimes they want to avoid dysfunctional situations. Miami's had some struggles over the last two decades, but I think this is a sign that the organization is at the very least trending in the right way when you can go out and get the cream of the crop that's available at a specific position. And in this case, that would be Vic Fangio, a defensive coordinator. I love it. As a Dolphins fan, I love this get. Coming up next, your turn to weigh in. We are going down the stretch here on Joe and Amber. Bring us your hottest takes. Give me a break from talking. I need it today. Trust me. Give us a call. (laughs) Triple H, say ESPN. 888-729-3776. That's the number. Call it. We'll hear from you next. Joe and Amber, the podcast. We are about to get to your phone calls. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. That's how to get in touch with us. We're going to play Caller Roulette in moments. But first, let's do our third pizza money of the night. Pizza money alert. Pizza, pizza. This one is later this evening in the association. It's the Atlanta Hawks plus one and a half over the Utah Jazz. Atlanta seven and three against the number over their last 10 games. They're also five and one against the spread in their last six on the road. Utah at home, surprisingly tough travel spot at elevation, yet they're 22nd in defensive rating when playing at home. And then Atlanta, again with the reverse splits, second in the NBA in offensive rating when playing on the road. The offense is actually better on the road than it is at home, while Utah's defense is worse at home than it is on the road. Go figure. Should be a fun, high-scoring game tonight in Salt Lake City. Pizza money number three, the Hawks, plus one and a half over the Jazz. 13 black odds, no winner. Spin the wheel, make a deal. It's a game of chance. Let's play Call a Roulette with Joe and Amber. Let's do it. Triple Eight, say ESPN. That's the number. Let's spin the wheel. David is in the home of Buffalo Wings in Buffalo, mm. New York. David, thanks for the call. What do you have for us? Thanks for taking my call tonight. Um, you know, I just want to weigh in on uh, Kyrie Irving there. Um, I think the Nets need to move on from this guy. You know, they've never won anything big with him. Um, you know, and to be honest with you, it's more of a headache. You know, their future, you know, is, is going to be tough to win a championship in the East with Boston, with Milwaukee. Um, you know, and I think to me, if they can move him to L.A. or Dallas or some team out West, they got to do it because you know what? Their future is not that bright with him. Durant is not young anymore. Um, and they got to get something in return for him or he's going to walk and they're going to get nothing for him. I actually agree with that call. I, I know that the Nets may not do it. They may say, hey, you know what? We're going to try to rock with this and make one championship run here because we don't want to deal with trading those guys. But to David's point, KD is not only aging, but the durability concerns are obvious at this point. And they're not going to be able to win a championship. It doesn't feel like in a packed Eastern Conference with or without Kyrie at this point. So why not get something in return? It's hard to argue. Nets took a shot here. They put together Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. They thought they had something. It turned out it's not going to deliver what they had hoped. And now they're going to begin the slow process of just piece by piece watching their organization get worse and worse and worse. It's probably going to take years to come back from this, but at least they took the shot. I don't know what else to say. I will say that the trade of Harden for Simmons suddenly makes the Sixers look like geniuses because Harden's over there playing well, and Ben Simmons has been awful for the Nets. Uh, Yeah, I mean, just a a terrible story for the Brooklyn Nets. I mean, arguably the most disappointing 
team of all time. I think in the history of that league, you could easily make this argument once this era ends here for Katie and Kyrie, assuming that it ends without a championship. Anybody would have signed up for it. I mean, anybody, anybody thought it was going to work, Joe, and it has been a disaster. Let's spin the wheel. Rick is in old Canada. Rick, thanks for the call. What do you have for us? Oh, thank you for taking my call. Uh, we're uh, me resting on a nice, cool minus forty nine degrees Celsius, or sorry, Fahrenheit here tonight. So minus forty nine uh, yeah. Fahrenheit. That's a thing that happens places. Oh, Whoa. well, it's minus forty five Celsius. When I did the tra- when I did the conversion over, it's minus forty nine Fahrenheit. So yeah, it's gonna be pretty cold tonight. Oh my! God. But um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So I just had two things. I'm going to make it real quick. So, Amber, I can tell because I listen to the show a lot, wrestling is not one of your favorite things. So my question is, uh, if you happen to watch like any type of soap opera, any type of like housewives, any type of show like that, because pretty much wrestling is like the male soap opera. And I just want to close it out with Derek Carr. Uh, I'd love to see him go to the 49ers. You go ahead. You send Trey Lance over to the Raiders. They can run him on his rookie contract. They can, you know, get a draft pick or whatever like that along with it. And then all's good. That's what I'm hoping for. Thanks for the call, Rick. Um, And, uh, you know, other than the fact that you are appeasing James Steele and Joe Fortenbaugh here uh, with the wrestling topic. Other than that, thanks for the call. I I will say this. I when I had a local show in Miami, I have an affinity apparently for co-hosts who like wrestling uh, way too much. And my former co-host in Miami, Jonathan Zaslow, liked wrestling. He's a wrestling podcast now. He likes it so much. And so it was a big part of our show. We had to have wrestlers on all the time on that show because it had been his show before I got there. So I had to deal with it. When the COVID hit, we had nothing to talk about sports wise. So we did do this bit where he was forced to watch Real Housewives every week, which is something that I typically consume. And I was forced to watch wrestling every single week. I wouldn't use the word forced. Forced. You know, compelled. Forced against my will. Compelled. Uh, I will say this. I'm not, I'm not that kind of nerd. I don't have my own podcast on it. I'm one of the cool guys that watches wrestling. And oh, by yes. the way, fun fact of the night. Did you know that Celsius and Fahrenheit actually meet at minus 40? So I was very minus confused. Minus 40 Celsius? When Same Rick, thing as minus 40 Fahrenheit. When Rick went down that path, I was super confused because I thought that they were like nowhere no near way. each other in terms of temperature. But I had a, I don't know anything about that. It was like 75 degrees outside today in Florida. Minus anything is uh, very confusing to me. Joe and Amber is presented to you by Progressive Insurance. Let's spin the wheel. I mean, minus 40-something is uninhabitable. Like, uh, move down here to Florida. What are you doing? Uh, Hollywood. Hollywood is in Florida. Maybe he's in Hollywood, Florida. I don't know. Thanks for the call, Hollywood. What do you have for us? I am in Hollywood. First of all, Amber, I hope someone is giving you some TLC for your afflictions. Second (laughs) of all, go Gators. Third of all, in terms of the heat, I think it's a long shot that they would get Kymie Irving. I don't want that. Because it is all about the heat culture. The thing is, though, for him to play 20 games a year, no thank you. What you'd have to give up, no thank you. That guy is not worth the trouble. He's a perennial loser. He's never going to amount to anything. He's never going to win any rings. And he's just not worth it. I wish these owners would really just step up and stick it to these players. You guys want to play 30 games? We're not going to pay you. No thank you. The problem is these players have way too much power. I think the owners need to take some of it back and just say, hey, Kawhi Leonard, no thank you. Kyrie Irving, no thank you. 
Durant, no thank you. These guys never play. The greatest ability is availability. They're never available. The availability in the NBA is a weird thing because of the powers of the players, but a lot of them are doing it because of load management for their bodies. The problems with Kyrie go way beyond any sort of load management. What he said there about the heat real quick, the uh, potential Kyrie heat trade that Bobby Marks had on his Instagram account was Kyrie in exchange for Kyle Lowry, Gabe Vincent, and Caleb Martin. I would take that from a talent perspective, pure talent perspective, any day of the week. Also, Give me a reason to get rid of Kyle Lowry, who has been abysmal for that Miami team. But, Joe, a lot of people don't want to sign up, no matter what the trade is. Because One note on that, Kyrie has won a title. He won in Cleveland with LeBron James. Number two, maybe the Heat culture would be enough to get him to buy in. That's what it's all about. Maybe it's not letting him lead the culture. Maybe it's about finding a culture that'll get him to buy in. I've heard people say that. I've seen Heat Twitter saying that today on Twitter. Man, you really have to believe in culture, though, if you believe it can fix Kyrie Irving. This has been the Joe and Amber podcast. You can listen to Joe and Amber live weeknights from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern. Plus, you can listen on the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, or on your smart speaker. Joe and Amber, the podcast.